1: live from studio A he's a man with a message a conservative with compassion live from northern california it's lifeline with andy froiland
0: there and welcome this is lifeline with uh, your guest host for the evening pastor phil howard and we are here we get to we get to spend time with you every fourth friday of the month thank you mr craig roberts very very much yeah okay we'll keep him in the closet for another two hours we <laughs> we, we do we we are so grateful that uh, craig has given us time to kind of give you a bit of a spiritual sorbet at the end of your week and spend some time back in. God's Word, just reflecting on His goodness and kindness towards us. This evening, what we thought we would do is dial it back to the basics and get back to the foundations of what we hold dear. And I, Phil, I kind of approach it this way because I know that Oh, 20, 30 years ago, if you were to go outside of the church and say, what is the gospel to 100 different people, you'd get 100 different answers. I think so. What is scary to me is you can now say that same thing about people inside of the church. I think you're right. We we just we, we are fostering a generation and a generation of churches that have lost sight of the foundation of who they are and why they are. And based on that, I, I, I figured, you know, we, we get you once a month. Uh, and, And I know for a fact that if there is one book in the Bible that you love more than any other, it's the book of Romans. We always have our favorite books, depending on where we're preaching and when. But I know throughout the course of your ministry and your life, Romans has always been special to you. And it's... One of those. It is the book. I, I I believe it is the book that if you need to know what we believe and why, that's the book you go to. We, we were so. talking before the before the uh, the program started. Uh, the fact that um, we uh, we always have these amazing books that Paul has written. You know, the supremacy of Christ, Colossians, how to love one another, Philippians. He's dealing with various issues, but when it comes to the the book of Romans, it is the seminal foundational point that all these other books stand on.
2: Yes. Well, even when they formed the canon, uh, Thessalonians was written before Romans, James, mm-hmm. other Bible books <clears throat> were written earlier. But uh, when they put the canon of scripture together, uh, Romans was laid at, as it were foundational. Because many of the epistles may be dealing with a church problem, uh, this aberration or that. uh, But Romans just lays out what Christianity is. And, uh, of course, it was used so mightily in the Reformation. And uh, when an Augustinian monk uh, was converted by it uh and uh Europe was shaken between him and Calvin and swingley uh it 's amazing what happened i uh, but I, I agree with you we 're saying that uh, you, you know I think of the question that Romans answers is how can the guilty ever be right mm. in the sight of God who is perfectly right. right. Perfectly. And Does he have to accommodate himself to us? Does he have to, uh, uh, he said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Uh, okay, God, be consistent with yourself. I've been sinning ever since I was conceived in the womb. Uh, now, Now, am I going to die? And all of a sudden, you're telling me, I want to give you eternal life. And I say, how can you do that and keep your character intact? Right. And Romans explains that difficult, difficult issue. And today, let's ask the nations, what's your formula? For being right before a perfect God and him not bending the rules to accommodate your adultery, uh, your filthy mind, your filthy tongue, your lying, your cheating, your pride. Uh, God surely, uh, somebody's going to have to compromise somewhere until you read Romans and find out how God pulled it off that he can get a ungodly man to heaven and still remain perfectly righteous. And I think for the beginning of the year, wouldn't it be good for us to be firmly, firmly uh, anchored in this? Because my testimony is that I was saved uh, when I was 14 and uh, I was saved among Pentecostals who were my uh, on fire The singing, it was a family church. Much of my family went there. I'd go to church there to hear music, uh, uh, guitars, banjos, uh, because they were Midwesterners who had come to California. And so I love that culture, uh, even as an unsaved boy. But then when I get saved, Uh, I started growing in the Christian life, but I I think I was at, at I was about twenty years old. Maybe I've been saved about six years. The first time I ever heard the word justification, mm. and I had no idea what it was. And uh, I was in a little Bible institute, and when I heard the definition that justification is a judicial declaration of God that a sinner is right before him based upon the imputed righteousness of Christ. I, I was stunned. I started Valley Bible Church to preach that because I said to the Lord that day at 20, and that was about 1964, That if he'll help me, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to get that message out. Mm. Because uh, we had great music, we had lots of uh, dinners, we had a lot of this. But nobody, not in my tradition, never heard of of such a doctrine in all my life. I'm amazed we were saved. (laughs) Because we were saved despite our ignorance. We couldn't define anything theologically. We just knew we were lost and uh, we needed a savior. And we didn't know that Christ was God and that he had died. But none of those great theological truths were ever encapsulated to my heart. But at 20 years of age, when I heard that definition, I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life building on that. Not a big band, not on promotion. I didn't start a church on church methods. I never learned methods. Never was into Peter Wagner wasn't into all the big no just give me a dance hall or a bunch of kids and let's just study this truth mm-hmm. and and I'll, I'll let god take care of the numbers mm-hmm. i'll let him take care of how far and that's why we've been on the radio i always wanted to be on it because the bay area starved to hear the message right. And so God raised up faithful men and women who've kept us going these 27 years. All we were trying to do is sow this message, sow this right. message. Well, that's
0: where we're headed this evening. Um, you know, if, you, if you're if you familiar with construction at all, you're familiar with the fact that you need a foundation. And if you were to sit there and consider this book, this Bible, uh, The House of God, to uh, to be sure, this book of Romans is that cement and that rebar that the the house is built on. Uh, without it, it's not going to stand. I mean, you know, Jesus uh, says, "Hey, don't don't build your house on sand. It's gonna it's gonna fall. The okay. waves are gonna come in, and it's gonna fall. You need to build it on the rock. And certainly, Romans is that rock. And so, where we are headed for the next couple of hours is to lay that foundation again, afresh in your mind. For those who don't know the foundation i believe you're going to be encouraged and excited to understand what kind of underpinnings your faith is built on for those who do know you're going to be encouraged again just as you're reminded afresh of just how solid your faith is in christ and how firm a foundation ye saints of the lord are really laid For your faith, as the as the hymn writer put it. So we're going to take a quick time out. You're listening to Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard as your guest host this evening. Andy Froiland, yours truly, kind of moderating and keeping us on track with that clock so we can pay those bills in a timely fashion. We'll have to take a quick time out and do just that, and we will come back as Lifeline continues.
1: And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: We are back. It's Lifeline. Pastor Phil Howard, your guest host here this evening, filling in for Craig Roberts on this fourth Friday of the month, the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And we are laying your foundation one more time for those of you who are familiar with it and maybe for the first time, for those of you who wonder really what your salvation is uh, is pinned upon, as it were. And that is the book of Romans. This is, this is the meat and potatoes of who we are in Christ. Christ. This I is so. This is where we. This is where we end up. And uh, he, Paul starts it right off, man, in Romans one, uh, talking about this gospel. Before I'm going to teach you this gospel, I'm going to tell you why it's so important. It is the power of God unto salvation right?
2: Well it is and I think we're always uh, trying to mobilize uh, the saints to evangelize uh, trying to get them to share it. Uh, We offer evangelism courses and we've done it uh, at this church EE's been a wonderful program but I I, just Paul's I am he said I am obligated both to Greeks and to Mm non-Greeks both to the wise and the foolish. Now I feel this weight. That is why I am, okay, I'm obligated, now I am so eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. Wait, Paul. Don't you know the social problems of Rome? It's a debased city. It's full of idolatry. It's an immoral empire. You've got Cagula uh, was there, it was so bad he married his sister. He was a profligate. Uh, immorality was his middle name. Uh, just anything went. Uh, Nero's going to be on the throne. And Nero was lighting his gardens with Believers that were pitched in tar, and so he 's got human torches in his garden, and he will see to it that Paul is beheaded. He saw to it that James was killed. I mean these are vicious wicked, uh terrible people uh, that are conquering the nations and Paul says, "When I get to Rome uh, i don 't have a social program i 've got a message." I've got a message. It's called the gospel. And today, uh, God hasn't called the church to fix all the societal problems. Get rid of all the racism. It'd be good if you'd meet Christ. Mm -hmm. And then you quit worrying about Jews and non-Jews, Greeks and non-Greeks. People say, what's your uh, racial formula? Uh, Fall in love with Christ and you can't hate people. Right. And I don't care what their color is, their social standing. It just, you you can't hate in the name of Jesus. You're a liar and a hypocrite if you say, you read the book of 1 John, he that says he knows God and hates his brother is of the devil. Yes. So that takes care of that. Uh, What about war? Oh, it's hard to go to war when you're loving people. And so civil government can do this because it's not under Christian uh, ethics. But Paul said, when I get to town, I'm coming with the message, and I'm uh, eager to get there. He never knew. He never knew he would get in town, but he never knew he would be chained And he'd have four Roman soldiers accompany him. And he never knew he'd land up in a cold dungeon. But he made it because they kept him at home for two and a half years. And he evangelized from his own house arrest for those two and a half years before he went into that cold dungeon and gave up his head. But he said, I'm driven by a message. And maybe if we don't know the message... And if we don't really believe the message, how can we share it? Mm. Uh, I heard a story years ago of a man on the streets of Houston was uh, inviting people into a rescue mission and he was a very uh, dismal, despairing soul at that time. And uh, he was saying come in here, come in here. And this man that was later converted, but was, you know, an arrogant, sarcastic man. He said, I want to know if I go in there, will I come out like you? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy said, well, I think so. He said, well, I've got enough problems. He said, I, I don't need to get what's ruining you, what's making you miserable. You know, as this gospel, what has it done for us? Right? Uh, and has that eagerness, has that obligation hit us, hit us? Now, don't pay somebody on the platform to be the evangelist. We all ought to be sharing it. And then... We'll get to verse 16 that I am not ashamed of the gospel. And listen, everybody was shaming him. The Jews were kicking him out of synagogues, Athens and Mars Hill, and First Corinthians was written. The princes of this age despised the gospel. The Jews stumbled over it. The Greeks mocked it. It was not in vogue It was not uh, the currency of the age. And Paul, this brilliant man that probably spoke five to six languages and was brilliant. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's so weak, it can't do anything for you? No, no. Because in the message of the gospel— God unleashes his power to bring salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew then to the Gentile and I think something very interesting that we want to be sure to look at for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed and I'm reading NIV, NIV translation but it's right It says, a righteousness that is by faith. Uh, Many translations say, the righteousness. It starts out, the righteousness of God is by faith, but then a righteousness, a righteousness. This verse, Martin Luther hated, (laughs) and he said so. Uh, He said, I hated a God. Who would demand the standard of sinners that they could not achieve. Here we have this perfect God and saying, here's this perfect standard. If you can jump it, if you can reach this perfect righteousness, I'll save you. And this is what the Augustinian monk in 1512, 1514, uh, while at Wittenberg, Germany, he said, uh, I hated such a God. Let me read to you what he said exactly. He, He said, when he read those words, he said, I had no love for that holy and just God who punishes sinners. I was filled with secret anger against him. I hated him because not content with frightening me uh, because of the miseries of this life, but telling a wretched sinner already ruined by original sin, he still further increased our torture by the gospel But when by the Spirit of God I understood the words, when I learned how the justification of the sinner proceeded from the free mercy of our Lord through faith, then I felt born again like a new man. In very truth... This language of St. Paul was to me a true gate of, of mm-hmm. paradise. He said, "I saw the Gospel was offering a gift of righteousness, not a standard that was had to be perfectly met God." through the rest of the epistle will say, this righteousness is not according to works. It's not based on whether you've been circumcised, as the Jews kept saying. Uh, it's not based on anything you can do. Can you believe God is telling you the truth mm, in Jesus? Right. And he will give it to you as a free gift. This is the greatest good news ever told a guilty sinner.
0: And it flies in the face of so much of our morality these days where we feel we have to attain to some level before God will merit us. Absolutely. And we're going to get into that, if, especially if you're finding yourself this evening listening to us going, yeah, but isn't there something I've got to do to to, to, to merit favor with God? Stick around. Sure. The answer is no. Simple But we've got reasons why, and we're going to prove it to you from God's Word. This is Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our guest host this evening, our Truth For Today edition. We've got to take time out.
1: And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Freuland. And
0: we are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. Truth For Today, heard Monday through Friday, 530 in the morning, right here on KFAX. And, of course, Sundays at 830 in the morning. Put a, put a bookmark there, will you? Because we have some, some news and some updates about Truth For Today, and we will explore those. We're, we're, we're even going to pull in our producer kind of like the doctor, you know. Uh, he's going to come in and give us an a, a, a update about Truth For Today and all the exciting things that are going along. But for the meantime, we are back in Romans, uh, taking a look at some of our foundational truths that we put our hope in, in Christ. How is it we can hope in Christ? What is it we're hoping in when we hope in Christ? And what has God actually done to save us? I mean, yeah, the, so many churches today they're going to they're going to they're going to get you to the to the to the altar they're going to get you to say a prayer sign a card uh, that may or may not be authentic it's that that's a work of the holy spirit but what is it that you're laying your hopes on when you find and you realize that you are uh, a sinner outside of of god's grace that you can't match what god's demand is we saw this in our last segment uh, if you were with us uh, a couple of moments ago as pastor phil was talking about the fact that Martin Luther, you know, like so many of us, but but I, I I keep sinning. I keep sinning. How do I? I can't measure up to God's righteous demands. So how am I gonna? How am I gonna get there? What's what's it all? What's it all about, Alfie? Right. <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with here this evening. We are in the book of Romans. This foundation for the whole book, as we call uh, that we call home. We've got to have that rebar and that cement underpinning all of this. Otherwise, it just falls apart. And that's what Romans is, and we've been looking at this fact that it is a righteousness that isn't ours, Uh, you know. And 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 you get so many folks these days, Phil, especially the the, those who will knock on your door, you know. Okay, well, how am I made right with God? Well, you just got to do 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 this and do that. Okay, I do that, and I still fail. So how do I be right with God? Well, you just got to try a little harder. Well, I do, but I, I still fall short. So how am I right with God? You see. Uh, apart from reading scripture and this bible going oh man that's great there is some real life practical daily application for us in 2024 that really matters i mean and i just gave a classic illustration it answers a lot of these questions that our society throws at us morally speaking it's got to go beyond us doesn't it
2: it does. It does, and I, I met many a believer. <clears throat> oh, and let's say believers to use language, the backslider uh, out of church, uh, and sometimes I've met different ones who were truly, authentically saved, but so ignorance will torture you. Oh. And uh, ignorance will, uh, we were singing the song among ourselves, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But I, I often ask, what saves, the object I'm trusting or my subjective faith? I I know people. Well, if I had greater faith, uh, we'd see a miracle. Or if I had greater faith, I would. It's not the amount of your faith that saves; it's the object of your faith. Jesus said, "If it's small as a mustard seed, it'll work." And that's nearly zero. That's a minute little thing. Minute little thing. Just any, if you will give God credit, he quotes uh, Abraham back in Genesis. He, God said, I'm going to let your posterity that you and Sarah beget in your old age be like the stars of the heavens. And here this man who had been a pagan worshiper while he was grew up in Ur, he, he'd been an idol worshiper. I just finished the book of Joshua today, and he said, "You know, Abraham, our father, had been a moon worshiper." Yeah. So, so this man has never never owned a Bible in his life. But when God said, "I'll do this," without question, it says in the narrative of Romans four, he believed that God could. could could perform the promise that he had the power. And in the Hebrew, he just said, Amen. I believe. So be it. Amen. So be it. And and God is saying, if you could only amen my promise, I'll give you eternal life and forgive that you ever rebelled against me. Forgive that you have broken my commandments over and over. I will forgive the hell that you were appointed to because a man living outside of Christ according to John three thirty six, he is dwelling beneath the wrath of God. I'm going to remove you from that category. I'm going to put you in my son and wrath from me will never touch you. You're never going to. I'll do, if you're a simply believe what I've done in my son. Paul will say that in Romans
0: 6. If you reckon, you've got to reckon this.
2: Count it true. mm -hmm. Count it true. And this is our gospel. And I I think sometime, uh, I heard a pitiful story years ago. I believe John MacArthur told it. And it was about a child dedication that a couple had their first child and uh, they were having a home celebration about this infant. and uh, they had uh, left the baby in a room on the bed, just an infant. And uh, the guests were coming, bringing the gifts, wanting to celebrate you know this new precious life. But the host in having people come, told everybody to put their coats on the bed, yeah and uh, by the time they went back in there to get the baby, the baby had been suffocated all the coats, yeah, on the coats, and uh, sometimes I feel like God is suffocated at church. Uh, we, we got our programs. We got this. We got that. Uh, it's what I tell my wife. I miss Jesus in a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear everything, and 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 it can be bigger, and they think it's better. But I, I'm not of that persuasion. Uh, I'm listening. I'm simply listening for what, what drove Christ to the cross. And are we telling that to these poor sinners? Right. Or or have we become bored with it? We've moved on to deeper. You're never going to get deeper than the gospel. You're never going to get deeper. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we tend to think that, okay, well, that's, okay, that's the milk, you know, and we'll, we'll even quote Peter, won't we? Well, yeah, we've got to move on from the milk, and we've got to get to meat. But that, that that's not what Peter is saying, and that's not what uh, Paul is doing either. I mean, this is the meat. This is the milk. This is all.
2: Yes, we might move on to becoming a meathead.
0: head. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's it's easy not, to do. <laughs> not quite the, the meat it nourishment. You know, yeah. it's uh, listen to what Paul says. Uh, I love this. A man that rattles off his uh, credentials as it were a pedigree. I've done this. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee trained by Gamaliel on and on. Uh, he keeps telling. And then he says this. But I want to be found in him. Yes. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. I can't pass. Yeah. I can't get a passing grade. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith and here it was John Bunyan. He said he's walking through a weed field one night, weighing his soul. He was not sure he was saved. And he said, Philippians 3 9 came echoing through the chambers of his heart. And he kept thinking, and be found in him, having a righteousness not my own and not by the law. And that night, that night he knew he was truly born again mm-hmm. uh that message is what it will never get old and uh let us be clear about it and let's not get bored with it right let's and i it is just the foundation if it, you know i say this andy if i'm not sure that my mom and dad really loved me Without that foundation it proved to be a miserable adult journey for many and many in our culture have had to live without that foundation and it has brought them pain, disaster and uh, my heart goes out to them. Uh, and but we also have we ha- we have their hope we have their hope yeah. and I think that's what these truths you better treat this like a mother and father God is te- he's gone you know I have thought of this if I wanted to talk to you and I've already sent you 10 messengers of whom many you've already killed or ignored like he said in the parable of the right. man Then, 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 hear this. He said, "You know what? I I got a final messenger. I'll send my son. Son. God has spoken to us in these last days in a son. Yes, I am absolutely astounded. You, you should have sent a mouse. You could send something we can't kill. Right."
0: But that's the answer. Still, um, we we've got to take a quick time out. Put a bookmark there. When we come back, I, there there is so much more. We, we haven't even gotten out of Romans one. Forget Romans six, Romans eight. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Oh, you want it? You want a condemnation free life? Stick around. We've got it for you. We're going to talk about all of that as we continue our Lifeline Truth for Today edition here this evening.
1: And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Freuland.
0: And we are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition. We've got some exciting Truth For Today news that we're going to be passing your way, and we'll do so in a little bit here. But we are currently in the middle of our discussion around Romans, the the absolute Ultimate book within the book of the Bible, and it it, it really is the foundational book. And uh, it, we've been spending some time here looking at the power of God unto salvation and what that means. The fact that it is somebody else's righteousness that is caring for us. Nothing in my hands I bring; simply to Thy cross I cling. We we can't bring anything to God that He will say, "Hmm, let me consider that." There's nothing; absolutely nothing. And we need something if we're to be made right with God. God says, I got
2: it. I'll take care of it. And that's what he spends. He starts in verse 18. God's wrath is being, it's a present tense. God's wrath has continually been revealed. Right. I used to think it was a contemporary wrath that, oh, today he's judging us, AIDS, Different diseases, maybe right. natural disasters. But but go all the way back to Eden. We've got a family uh, killing by Genesis 4. Yeah. Uh, by Genesis 6, we've got a universal flood that floods. I mean, every living being is killed but eight souls. Yeah. And then we get over to chapter 11. We've got the Tower of Babel. Okay, and then we get down here, the king's. And the scattering, uh, God has been showing His wrath. Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, in the dispensing of Israel, because of their gods they're going after. Uh, so He keeps describing. He said, "Let me describe to you the kind of people I save." Right, and they're they're wicked. They're uh, they they've suppressed what could be known b- about me. They've chosen idolatry, immorality, and iniquity. Yeah. And so he goes on and says, hey, the patient is pretty bad off. I,
0: I would say the patient doesn't belong in a hospital bed, but in the morgue.
2: In the morgue. <laughs> He's pretty bad. He's <laughs> that bad off. It's really bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> but Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Even Isaiah said, I'm not fit to be in his presence. Uh, I'm a man of unclean lips. So that I think this is the gospel that let us be sure that uh, we at least know that the penalty for our sins has forever been paid. And and if that's weighing over you, I don't know about the radio audience, but I grew up uh, in my early Christian life because I did not grow up in a Bible teaching church. Uh, Born again people as a whole, but but not a teaching church. Um, And I, I just I grew up on probation in my mind. Because, you know, we would constantly hear, what if you uh, sinned uh, on the way home from church and you died? Where would you be? Those kind of things. And uh, I just figured I was lost. And as a kid, uh, trying to live it, went to school, uh, got with some guys at the gate wound up either cussing or for sure getting into a, a confrontation, playing ball, you know, just normal anger hit, that kind of stuff. Uh, I thought, I, I, I'm, I've i lost it. I've lost it. And so that's misery. And I would cry myself to sleep and I would tell the Lord, I thought I was saved yeah, But I just went with some guys tonight and we were stealing and we were doing wrong. Uh, Lord, what, what was it? I, what did I do when I went to the altar and I asked Christ into my heart? But, uh, but I've got to
0: ask you this, Phil, because I've, I've, there, there's another side to that pendulum. It swings all the way to the other side as well. On the one side, you've got this. Element of Christianity that is like you said, always feeling like they're in probation, yes you know I, I, i'm going to lose it, I'm going to lose it, but then if you swing to the other side, and this is what I've been seeing more and more, especially i'd say in the last ten, fifteen years, is this arrogant self-righteous oh, I've said my prayer, i'm good to go, and I'm not going to lose it, so I can do it in other words, it's it, it's those are the people going well, i'm going to sin so that grace will abound. If they even know that verse, and I doubt they do. Yes. But you've got so many churches filled with folks who they've they've walked an aisle, said a prayer, so they're good to go. They got their fire insurance. The premiums have been paid for eternity. And now I get to go live my life the way I want to do it because, after all, God is about my happiness. Mm-hmm. While your happiness, apart from God's
2: holiness, is no happiness at all, is it? Very true. And... He's going to deal with it. Romans 6, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And that is the other side. Yeah. And
0: and, and again, that's for, you know, there are those who are astute enough in Scripture to at least come up with that simple argument for Paul that Paul needs to address it. But I'm seeing a lot of folks who are putting their hope and their trust and their rest in an aisle walk or a, or a prayer card, and then they're good to go. And, and don't, oh, I, I'm saved. Don't you tell me I'm not saved. How do you, how do you address that? How, how does Paul deal with that here in Romans?
2: Well, I, I think it would be fair to do what Jesus did in John, or rather Matthew 7. Uh, can we examine the tree? Right. And the trees known by what it produces. And uh, my dad had just a homespun line. He he asked me one time, he said, do you know how you could tell a wolf in sheep's clothing? And I said, "Uh, no, I don't, dad. He said, track it. He said, it still makes the track of a wolf. Yeah, No matter what you put on it. You can lay skins on it, but the footprint's still going to be the same. Footprint's the same. And and I think these kind of people will say, how dare you? You're putting me under legalism.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you, you're a fruit inspector.
2: Right. Uh-huh. And, and say, so, <laughs> yep. yes, yes, we are. Uh-huh. Because it's like sin. Uh, we're in a day that you can't call anything Sin. Because it's in a, a day of tolerance, right. and we've changed all the definitions. No, that it might be sin for you, right? but it's not for me. But uh, I was just thinking about it. to call something by a name that God calls it. You haven't made the judgment. No. You, you've only used the dictionary. <laughs> there you go. God said, that's what it is. I didn't judge you. God made the judgment right and because they want to get us for being self-righteous you know of us but but I think it's scary this category which I think he deals with in Romans 2 and he deals with the Jew that's good at preaching but he's sinning all the time yeah he says don't don't rob temples but he's doing other things don't do this and I uh, I think that prodigal son that stays home and never had the heart of his father, these were the Pharisees, yes, and Jesus never did reach them.
0: No, he didn't. You're absolutely right. We're going to have to take another quick time out here in just a moment, and uh, we'll, we'll pick up where we're leaving off here as we continue our journey through Romans, helping us regain that foundation of who we are in Christ and why and what it all took. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm eagerly looking forward to that Chapter 8 segment, you know, that the, the whole issue of condemnation is something that I think is going to take some of our time this evening, I hope. Uh, anyway, we are uh, truth for today's edition of Lifeline here tonight on KFAX.
1: And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland we
0: are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, your guest host this evening on our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with some exciting news coming up in a little bit about Truth For Today and uh, where we're going from here uh, in 2024. So uh, do stick around for that. We've got, especially if you enjoy Truth For Today on a daily or once a week basis, whether whether Monday through Friday at 5.30 in the morning or Sundays at 8.30, uh, we've got some news we want to share with you but right now we are in the middle of our survey of romans just getting a, a, a laying the stakes if you will for the forms to lay the foundation of what romans really is and so we're uh, we're getting the, uh, the we've we've been in chapter one looking at the fact that um this this gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So it's His power, it's His righteousness. Everything that is wrapped up in your salvation and my salvation, our standing before who God is, everything originates from, starts from, flows out of, and is inexhaustible, inexhaustible in God Himself. This is this is all starting with Him. So that should right there give you a sense of, ooh, relief. You mean I don't have to and insert whatever follows. You're right. You don't have to. There's nothing you can do. As we've already said, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. So from there, Paul goes on to start laying out the wrath of God being revealed in his pastor Phil, as you mentioned, uh this is okay, so so here's the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation, it's his righteousness. Okay, who's it who's it extended to? <laughs> Everybody. The worst of the worst. And 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 even in chapter two, those of you who think you're good looking down on the worst of the worst. Well, even you need it Uh, because you you thinking you're better than the worst of the worst. You're still worst. If we if we go above you to Jesus,
2: <laughs> seven standards, he uses seven different standards, truth, according to your works, beyond profession to practice. And he just goes right through there. And then he takes the Jewish uh, issue. He said, you know, you're great at telling people what to do, but you haven't done it. Right. And um, then. That Those three chapters, he said, hey, let me tell you, there's no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. Yeah. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one.
0: Right. And, and so, basically, Paul is laying this foundation that it's all in God, and we are in desperate need of what God has offered, and everyone is in desperate need. Everyone. The ugly, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short. And now, sinned. in chapter 4, he starts laying that foundation of, of faith and what faith is. This, is. this is how this righteousness comes about. It's, it's by faith. Absolutely, and and so he starts giving us the the, the prime facie example in, in Abraham, right? Yes,
2: yes. He um, he is the classic example, the father of the faithful, and uh, I I love what it says in verse four. Now, to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work. But trust God who justifies the ungodly. Their faith is credited as righteousness. And uh, something, just I always tell people, justify is from the word to be righteous. Right. Uh, it's just the Latin word. And a lot of times where we justify, righteous. What are the, the same thing? Uh, but look at here, I love this. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. How does David even get to weigh in on this issue yeah. of righteousness when you've messed up so bad? Oh, man, Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba. Oh, Holy cow. Numbering all the tribes yeah. and getting people killed. Blessed are those whose transgressions never happened. Uh, no, no, you're not. no. Whose transgressions are forgiven. Yes. Sin away. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Is there such a man? Mm-hmm. Paul says, there is if you believe the gospel. Yes. Because he will not charge you with your sin, he'll charge it to Christ. Yeah. And they'll let Christ's righteousness be put to your charge or your credit. Uh, it, it, there, There is no message in all of creation like this. No, there isn't. I mean, but the perfect holiness of God has arranged it. And then Romans 5, 1, uh,
0: the, my favorite verse, uh, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And I, and I love the distinction, and this is, I think that's why I love it so much, because in a world where everybody is looking for the peace of God, they want it, but not at the expense of peace with God. You see, they're searching for something that's impossible unless peace with God is first established. And it is God who does establish that in our lives and in our hearts. Yes, yes. What a, it's, it's, it, for me, I mean, oh, Romans 8 uh, could be one as well. Uh, there are so many towering peaks in Romans, but for me, it's always been five one.
2: Well, look at—I uh, love uh, verse six through uh, nine. Uh, I just spoke on it at uh, Perry Prison back in South Carolina. I called it uh, "God." God did His best for you when He found you at your worst, mm-hmm. and it's right here. He said, "You see, at just the right time." Yes. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the saints. No, he died for the ungodly. Mm. That's the only reason I've been able to pastor. The pastor was ungodly. The congregation's ungodly. And what we are now is all God started with this ungodly. And he's in this process of shaping us to be like Christ. So we ought to be able to put up with a lot with each other. Because we're, we're an ungodly bunch. That's where we started. Then he says, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Now the Pharisees would. Yeah. Um, but Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates, and that means publicly. It's, it means public display. public display. His own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Now, see, that's amazing. He's doing all this stuff for us while we're still in our bad condition. Well, we're at our
0: worst. I've I've, I've, I've had folks, uh, friends of mine say, look, you know, best marriage advice. Uh, Love your wife when she's at her worst. And you're you're going to be doing all right. And I can promise you she'll never be as worse as you were when Christ was on the cross.
2: Oh, my. (laughs) Well, you just took away all excuses to be mad at my wife. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yes, sir. We got got to go home with flowers tonight, don't we? (laughs) And look at this. Since we've been justified by his blood, I love this. How much more shall we be saved in the future from God's wrath? Yes. I mean, this is not only saved in the past. You know, some people ask you, Have you been saved? Yeah, 30 years ago. And <laughs> I'm thinking, I wish you'd act saved today. Uh, is He saving you today from yeah. sin? And from that old life.
0: Yeah, the the the, the, the guy who started uh, the um, uh, Salvation Army booth. Yes. Uh, was approached by one of his own guys. Sir, are you saved? You, you mean, have, have I been saved? Am I being saved or will I be saved? I'm saved from the power, the penalty of sin. Yes. I'm being saved from the power of sin. And one day soon I'll be saved from the presence of sin. Right. Right. So, we're people in
2: process.
0: We are. Well, all right. We've uh, put a put a book note there. Uh, we're going to come right back and a nice old post-it note, and we're going to come back uh, because that flows right into chapter six, that we are, if we need to reckon ourselves dead to sin, alive to Christ, and, and how does that flesh out practically? And we'll talk about that on the other side of this break as Lifeline continues with Pastor Phil Howard.
1: And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: And we are back, Lifeline, with Pastor Phil Howard. Our Truth for Today edition of Lifeline here tonight on KFAX. Good to have you with us. It's all you know. We get we get we get rolling. We get a, a fresh head of steam on us, and we start motoring down this track. And uh, it, it, I, I fail to and, and am remiss at times to acknowledge the fact that you're sticking around with us. And boy, I tell you what, we appreciate it. And it's I, I trust and pray that as you do stick around and. And listen to us here tonight on Lifeline that you are being encouraged and stimulated in your walk and your growth in Christ. We are rolling through Romans, just laying out a basic foundation. Obviously, you've you've taken Valley Bible Church through this uh, a couple of years three or four ten or twelve 20 or
2: thirty <laughs> three three and a half two years many i've it about three
0: times i know you're doing it for another church here locally yeah. uh during yeah. the during the midweek right oh uh, monday night monday night well it's the new beginning hope, of the week yeah New hope and conquered there you go and and uh, like you said i mean it is i know you brother and i know this is this is your bed this I, is this I is this it. is the pillow and the duvet. That you're comfortable with, and uh, boy, I tell you, it's 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 uh, it's like that best pair of slippers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Romans is where it says, for me, it's Philippians. I, I can live there. I I love Philippians. I love Romans, obviously. But uh, this is, it's just been a joy to be able to kind of work through Paul's thoughts on all of this and this gospel. Because it is necessary for us to understand the foundation and the underpinnings of, of what we are in Christ.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, and, and, and by the time you hit chapter 6, this whole idea idea of reckoning yourself dead to sin and alive in christ practically the the, the flushing out of this in a practical daily life is really the key to living your life in a very successfully sanctified way isn 't it
2: it is I, I think you you really you, you pick up the the hinge as it were changes right, right. in chapter five he 's saying no matter whether you like it or not mm-hmm. two men have affected everyone in history and so we were identified with Adam and our physical death is the clue for sure you will die and you got that from Adam but he said I've changed your identity i Put you into Christ, so now you have a brand new identity of not condemned, uh, doing righteousness, then we go into six, and I think before the reckon, what's interesting is uh for ten verses, everything in the Greek is an indicative yes uh, that it, there's no guesswork it's already happened. Uh, don't you know? That all of us who were baptized, matter of fact, into Christ. And there's no water here. Uh, there's six baptisms in Scripture: three dry, three wet. John's baptism was wet. A uh, believer's baptism, water. Uh, Jesus' baptism, but they were baptized into Moses. They didn't. They didn't get wet. They were kept dry. Mm-hmm. There's a baptism of fire, which is judgment. And here's a baptism that the Spirit performs, that immerses you into Christ. Now, many have made this baptism an experiential thing, but here is a position. They've been put into Christ, into his death, Mm -hmm. uh, buried with him. Uh, baptized, raised with him. All of this is fact, fact, fact. Then it says, for since we've been united with him, let it, then it goes right on that. boom, boom, boom. The first imperative, the first command in the chapter is reckoned. Yeah. It says, now, now could you count on what God's done? Mm-hmm. Would you? It, it's a fact in God's mind. He's waiting for it to be a fact in our mind. Mm. And I said count on it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and, and and it's it, it it's it's amen.
0: Can you amen God's facts? I, God's right. promise. I Can you amen so. God's promise on this? That's right. This is this is what he's saying. This is just like there, there's no there's no wiggle room in this it's like just do this do it like you said it's a command and I as, as you take God at his word I, I like you said this is like the hinge I mean now I'm ready to move on to chapter 8 and 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 really without 6 um, 12, 13, 14, 15 doesn't mean a hill of beans does it? hmm <laughs> You, you're not going to
2: be able to do that. You're not responding to yeah. the grace of God. Yeah, uh, uh, you know I love a friend of mine called the book of Romans a book of guilt, grace and gratitude <laughs> and so this is the gratitude section yes. it, as God's grace has put you in a new identity it's like this, you've been put in a new family, start acting like it mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and that great uh, 1950 saying for uh all of us uh, Howard kids would be if you've got any brains act like it that was a famous uh, L.J. Howard statement and, and if, I, would, I was kind of dumbfounded when I, I said well dad you do think I have brain? I won't know that until you act like it <laughs> and and it's like saying you're in Christ you're in Christ well, well I'm going to go over here and get drunk but you're not acting like it. You you say you signed the card. Uh-huh. You you no 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 no. Uh, you just you just got a little bit of a religious itch, uh, maybe. I'm tracking your I'm tracking your tracks, kiddo. Tracking your tracks. Yeah, that's a challenge. And and I I think it's uh, once again I think uh, that father that said I sin all I want. And that's true. We all do. Uh, but then you, I hope you get to the part you say, but the one-two has been taken away. Yes, I, I, It's not my practice. Yeah, not, I, I may sin, but it's not a practice that's been broken in me. Well that
0: then kind of takes us to that that wonderful chapter.
2: <laughs> now for,
0: for again for a lot of folks listening tonight uh, they're going to go really what's controversial about chapter 7 and because and sadly because they don't know our churches have been very remiss in walking congregations through a, a good solid theology uh, for foundation. But for those who uh, who do know I mean uh, obviously 7 has for us on a on a very foundational level, uh, a, a beautiful conclusion at the end of it. But then there are those who go, well, is, is Paul a young Christian here? Is he an old Christian? Uh, is he is he struggling because he's new in the faith? Are they old in the faith? How do you approach chapter 7? The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the very thing I, I, I want to do, I, I don't do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? <laughs> What? Where is Paul at with all this? Who is he? Who's he approaching? I mean, how how do you come out of six and move into that?
2: Well, uh, I have wrestled with this for years because six to eight makes good sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Kenneth Weese who said the monkey wrench in the engine is chapter seven. <laughs> seven. Yep. <laughs> but I I think that, and I Doug Moo uh, had converted me uh for the last maybe five or seven years and I'm I'm swinging back. Here's what Doug Moose position he and Gordon Fee. Uh Doug Moose said this is the testimony of a Jew that Paul is representing the Jews a relationship to law. Because hmm. he's dealing with law in right. the chapter. Yeah. So he says that it's representing a Jew that says, I approve of God's law. Right I, I say it's good it's wonderful but I'm blowing it left and right. I I don't find the power to do it. I'm okay. Then you get men like uh, J.I. Packer and probably the majority of evangelicals, they would argue that it is truly Paul's testimony uh because of the present tense they they it's an ongoing thing. Right. And they would say Maybe it appeared in his life when he was trying to keep the law, maybe in those early days, right. uh, or that he's telling you what life under law is like. And because uh, he used the marriage illustration., yeah. I was married to this person, right? I died now I'm free, or he died, now I'm free to be married. But it's the idea, I'm not under law, but grace, 614. Now I'm illustrating, telling you what it's like to be under law. Right. No matter who you are, let's say Jew or Christian, you, you just, uh, once again, you're going back under perfect standards perfect standards apart from divine help. The gospel has to save me from indwelling sin. Right. And, and law can't do it.
0: And, and and at the end of the day, whether whether it's start or maintaining, it's got to be grace. It's got to be it's grace. It's got to be grace. Quick time out. We're continuing our conversation with Pastor Phil Howard on Romans here on Lifeline.
1: And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froiland.
2: Hi
0: there. Welcome back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. Uh, yours truly, Andy Froiland, kind of uh, making sure we hit those hit those breaks the way we're supposed to. Yeah, they're... I think we need need new brake pads. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing so hot, but then we're in the book of Romans. How do you stop to when you're in the middle of Romans? I mean, this has just been it's been a, a, you know we're trying to we're trying to go 180 miles an hour in two hours, and uh, uh, yeah, so the brakes don't work all that great. <laughs> so, but I'm trying, folks. I'm trying. We are we're in Romans. It is our lifeline, uh, our truth for today edition of Lifeline with Pastor. Phil Howard is your guest host tonight, and we are. We're working our way through Romans, just a kind of a thumbnail sketch, a survey, an overview, if you will, of what Romans is all about, just reminding us again of who we are in Christ and what it took to get us there and the hope of heaven that we have in Christ. Um, taking us to chapter eight, then, uh, that uh, there, and and this is what I love. Uh, I, again, yeah, I have Romans five one, I, but then then I'm also and therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and I I, I guess because um, I've taken our own congregation through John here in the past year. And I, I am just struck by the amount of the volume, the, the voluptuous or voluminous, voluminous. There's the word, the voluminous times that John reminds us that uh, from Jesus himself. I did not come to condemn. I did not come to. I, I, I didn't come to condemn. You're condemned already. I came for another purpose. I didn't come to assess to see if you can condemn condemnation worthy. I, I know you are. That's. But I've come. To, to, to take you away from that and I, I guess when I hit Romans 8 I'm reminded again of what John is writing there in his gospel and uh, the truth of the matter that um, as a friend of mine once put it condemnation is a paper giant Hmm. It's a paper giant that it, it shouldn't hold sway over us yet I think so many of us as believers in this day and age phil we we want to cling to that how How, how, how do you let go how, it, it's, it's like the, the the monkey holding the fruit in the jar you know you let go of the fruit and you'll be able to get your hand out of the jar, but they don't want to let go of the fruit how do we how do we encourage our our saints, our brothers and sisters to to live? as if there is no condemnation.
2: It, it, it's getting them to believe and know the ramifications of the gospel. And um, it's... Uh, the pulpit uh, is not teaching many times. And, uh, I mean, even discipling, it's ingrained in a shame and guilt. Uh, when you've been... Um, let's say, promiscuous from age 12 in our culture to conversion. Uh, you've been on drugs. You, you've been this. You've been that. And you come there. One thing sin doesn't let us uh, do, it doesn't let us forget. Uh, we can rehearse our worst deeds. Uh, just const- and it's, it's like flagellation. We're just being hit and hit, and so we we have to train our mind uh, to constantly go to the finished work of the cross, go to the cross, and uh, I think I'm greatly blessed by Dane Ortland's treatment of uh, Christ as our advocate. That he says in intercession, Christ stands between us and the Father and he's interceding for us but he said in advocacy he stands with us mm-hmm. he, he takes uh, the booth at the uh, accusation booth uh, I forget exactly what we call it in court but he's in the box yeah. with the accused and he stands there and said oh, oh father I didn't go to the cross for nothing Right. I, uh, I, I, I and you anticipated this sin because we've never learned anything about anybody we know everything right and so uh, a full atonement has been made a, a satisfactory payment now that now if you want to say that uh, makes you want to sin you don't understand you don't the grace it. of God yeah. it's like my wife says I, I'm always going to be faithful to you so well I want to be unfaithful <laughs> uh, i mean it, it, there's just absolutely no logic uh and so that what's interesting is when he said there's no condemnation the word is liable to penalty that's what it is right and it says there's no penalties due the sinner in christ there's no there's no warrants for your arrest right and and so it it seems unbelievable but it's the gospel it is
0: it and, and and it is the complete um inexhaustible gospel yes there's there's no point at, whi- at which god says uh, you know, I've, I've viewed you as, as, as uncondemned, but I'm going
2: to change my mind. I'm going to change my mind. E- no, he's not going to do this. Uh, not at all. But look what he says. He said, Christ, as uh, I never understood the active and passive obedience of Christ until looking at this verse. Uh, said that for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh— God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law, notice, might be fully met in us, Hmm. who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And theologians said there's two aspects of the law, the penalty part and the part that you keep the law. And so what Christ did for us, he kept the law for us that we couldn't keep. Mm -hmm. And he died under the law for all the times we broke it. Right. So we get credit for the keeping, and we get credit for the payment.
0: I've often said uh, to our own congregation, you know, Jesus doesn't show up three days before the cross and die, bury, rise again, and go to heaven. He shows up as a baby because that law has to be kept. The law has to be honored. We need that. We need that law keeping. Uh, the penalty is not enough. If it's just done on the cross, that law has to be kept, and he does so perfectly throughout his life. He goes to the cross sinless. Uh, I, and just to kind of wrap things up on this condemnation thing, at any time somebody ever doubts, uh, they're they're standing before God with condemnation. That that's what the empty tomb is all about, isn't it?
2: He says that 425, on account of our justification, he was risen. Yes. Because it's an accomplished fact he he rose.
0: Yes. And he ever lives on the, at the right hand of the father to
2: the check cleared the us. bank it did. on the Easter morning. Yes, it
0: did. It certainly did. From there chapter 8 you move into 9 10 11 talking about the redemption of Israel uh, eventually but I, I and and not to not to just brush over that segment because that's that's a whole other lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> 9 10 and 11 that's a whole other lifeline but to to just kind of go over those all all that 1 through 8 does is point us to then how do we respond to this Uh, 12, 13, 14 and 15 and to me the heart of it all is if you properly understand this because he even says shall we sin the grace well then like you said well we don't even understand that then if we understand rightly everything Paul is talking about then we'll be able to live that selfless life, preferring others above ourselves. Which is
2: now we're now we're looking at tr- sheep tracks, aren't we? Exactly. Well, and what's beautiful is if you read that eleventh chapter, he keeps talking about God's mercy to the Gentiles, how He's been merciful to Israel, and now He comes down here, mercy. Demands a sacrifice. Mm. It, it, such mercy, and I love that mercy was the chief uh, mercy, compassion. Those were the chief emotions that Christ displayed in his earthly life. Uh, A marvelous work, The Person and Work of Christ by B.B. Warfield has a chapter on the emotional life of Christ, and it is magnificent. You've mentioned that book a couple of times here on this program. It is magnificent. Uh, Uh, Everyone needs to read that chapter. And uh, here he is, how should we respond to mercy? Said, how about taking this uh, wretched life? Let's see. We know people that uh, in this church, I preached one Sunday morning uh, on Noah's Ark. I was in Genesis. Mm -hmm. And uh, my closing invitation was Is there anyone here today that would like to get on board the Ark? Yeah. And a gray-headed woman, about (laughs) seventy-five, she came up and tears running. And I I think she needs counseling. She comes. I said, "And how can I help you?" She said, "Is the door still open? Mm -hmm. Can I get on board?" Oh. And I thought, my, she got it. I, I want her to lead me to Christ. <laughs> then I, I was so convicted, you know. I mean, she got it like that. Yeah. And so uh, mercy uh, and then the ethics. See? But you're not saved by keeping the Sermon on the Mount. You're not saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. You're not. No, no. And, and Ray Comfort can get them convicted by quoting the law. The right. law can condemn. Oh, it's good at it. It's good at it. <laughs> but it's only the gospel that can save them. Amen. Well, on that note, we'll close out this segment
0: of Lifeline. We've got one last segment, and we've got, uh, we're going to stop down and uh, let you know of some exciting news about Truth for Today and what's going on here at the ministry. But we do need to take our final time out, and we'll do so and come back in just a moment.
1: And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: We are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. And Chuck latte joins us this evening. He has been our faithful producer of Truth For Today uh, for these past couple, three decades. It's been coming up on 30? 28. We're working on our 28th year. Right, and it's well, that's close to thirty, yeah, it you know um, in in elephant years, I think it's you know fact is we've been we've been around for a long time, been, God's been
3: faithful to us, and so i I first of all, you know what, I need to thank God when I started this nineteen ninety six I had no clue what I was doing. I had no clue what I was getting into. Do you still know what you're doing? Uh, I just I knew (laughs) I knew that I wanted to serve the body of Christ. I knew that the word of God was important in my life. That that I landed at Valley Bible Church, and through the preaching from the pulpit, I started to learn what it meant to be a Christian. Yeah, and and I understood that if I was following Christ, I needed to be serving somewhere. Right, and uh, I got the opportunity. By Pastor Rich Rollins said, "You're the man." <laughs> and uh, I remember the first few productions that we did. And I want to thank Craig Roberts first of all. Let me th- thank Craig Roberts for this time tonight. But I thank Craig Roberts for his coaching when we started in 1996-97. Uh, when I knew nothing about the radio, he was the guy who told me how to what I needed to change to make it better. And uh, and then I want to thank God for his faithfulness over all these years uh, that we didn't know what we were doing, but we were proclaiming the gospel message. Yes. Yes. And God used that in a special way over those years. I can think of uh, people who came to faith. I think of a bartender scanning the dial on a Saturday morning, hearing Pastor Phil's voice and being transmit transmit fixed there he couldn't leave the station and ended up two weeks later showed up at the church and put his faith in jesus christ that was the first the first evidence i got that what we were doing was god's business and i've never lost sight of that and so we're we've continued doing that there are some changes coming uh because of finances uh Since COVID, we haven't done any fundraising. Uh, We can't afford to pay the bills, uh, plain and simple. Uh, But it's also, I believe, an opportunity that God's given us to shift gears. Uh, We're not done proclaiming the gospel. We're going to continue to do that, but we're moving from the
0: air to the podcast platform. Well, and and just to clarify, the daily radio program at five thirty in the morning. The um, daily program. Our eight thirty release on KFAX stays the same. The eight
3: thirty Sunday morning program we're going to continue we're to do. Continue that. We're going to curtail the Monday through Friday uh, at five thirty, right. and we're going to move to a weekly podcast platform, uh, and we're going to launch the podcast on March first. Uh, and uh, we're going to continue to do the same thing we're doing now. Right. We want the, our listeners to know the truth about Jesus Christ's gospel message.
0: And, and podcasting will get us into a different area, like you said. The younger generation is is into podcasting, so there's that element. Quite frankly, uh, Chuck, you you've you've worn our pastor thin. I mean, truth be told, it it's not so much finances, but. This man's tired. <laughs>
3: he's, he's,
0: he's, he's been at it a long, long, long
3: time. But you know what? The, he still has the fire. I he heard does. him he Monday did. night. I sat and heard him. <laughs> well, well, you just, you just yes. heard him on the talk show so, tonight. So, so I mean, you've been with us the whole uh, two hours. So you know what? If he's not done, I can't be
0: done. Exactly. <laughs> Amen to that. And and, and and you know what? And our God is not done. No, he's not. know so, um, uh, <laughs> You know that and that's the joy i i i you know um i don't read of any retirement program in the bible yeah. i've gone genesis to revelation a few times i still haven't seen it no. yet so i'm you know uh it's, it with his dying breath i believe he's going to be proclaiming <laughs> script, the gospel so
3: i I'll just want to say god's always at work always i'm, I'm imitating my god that's yeah
0: well, we're going to keep working <laughs> so uh there, there are transitions going on with truth for today it continues on as the ministry, and for those who would like to still support the ministry, we value your partnership with us. Your prayers. Prayers, finances, uh, amen. Truth for Today is not going away. We're no. still here Sunday mornings at 8.30 on KFAX. Craig and KFAX has been kind enough to ask us to continue uh, with our Truth for Today edition of Lifeline, fourth Friday of the yes. month. So we, we still have our finger in the pie, as it were, and we would love for you to come alongside me partner with us along those lines, but we did want to let you know that there are some changes in the works, and um, we, we you can look at it either way. You can go, oh, man, and, you know, we should, have but then we can also go, hey, this is, God's in God's this. opening up a new avenue. This has been this has been bathed in prayer, so we know we're on the right journey. Yes. We know we're following God's command in all of this, and we're excited about yes. that. I'm excited about that. And we've been excited for you, our listeners, who have been faithful to us for uh, going Going on twenty eight years now, yes. and uh, twenty twenty four for me. Thank you, Lord. Twenty five. Yes. So
2: yeah. it, thankful it, for those who've underwritten us for all these years, uh, yes, by their prayers and by their giving. Uh, it, it's only been a band of a few as a whole that's been foundational in our support base. Uh, we have spent very little money. Uh, they've abused me, <laughs> and, and used me, and, and just said, "Do it for Jesus." And yeah, uh, okay, I've got control of your mic, by the way.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do want to mention one person, uh, David Howard. Uh, He's been faithful. He has been, and He's and if David. Like. Had not done what he did for all those years, I would not have been able to do what I've been doing all these years. And so David and Fran Howard, they've been faithful supporters, financially, prayerfully, and, and David would go to war. Yeah. In this program and he did,
0: and so. and with that, I've I've got to do what I always do, and that's wrap it up because we're out of time. See, I told you, you you said, oh, I didn't need the time. Yes, you did. I that. Not ladies and sure. gentlemen, friends of the ministry, thank you so much for joining us here this evening. We'll see you next month when we get to do it again Sunday mornings, eight thirty, KFAX with Truth for Today, Pastor Phil Howard. Have a blessed evening. We'll see you next month. Until next time.